Anybody excited to be in church today? We're so glad that you're with us. We want to say hello to those that are at home right now or tuning in from wherever you're at. Uh, we believe that today is just going to be a great day. Um, I know from, I, could, I could go home today and I've already had the greatest day of the week. I don't know about you, but just even up until this point, it's already been incredible. You can go ahead and be seated. Uh, we're going to jump into today's today's message. If you don't know me, my name is Andrew, and my wife and I are a part of our staff here at Celebration, and uh, we believe that we get to be a part of the greatest church on the planet, and uh, I'm excited about today's message. I don't want to waste any more time. I know some of you are ready to watch some football today. I know I'm not because my team is playing Monday Night Football, Minnesota Vikings. I know there's no Viking fans in here, but it's, it's okay. Pastor Andy always says this is a 49er church, and um, but you just never know with the 49ers. You just never know. It's, it's, it's kind of like a Christmas gift from your auntie. You just don't know what you're going to get. It's just, they're absolutely unpredictable. Uh, but we're going uh, to jump into to today's message. I'm going to read uh, a story out of the book of Mark, Mark chapter 14. And this is a story that's taking place uh, towards the tail end of Jesus' life here on earth. It says this. It was now two days before Passover and the, festi the festival of unleavened bread. The leading priests and the teachers of the religious law were still looking for an opportunity to capture Jesus secretly and kill him, but not during the Passover celebration they agreed or the people may riot. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard. She broke open the jar and she poured the perfume over his head. Some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste such expensive perfume, they asked. It could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. So they scolded her harshly. But Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You'll always have the poor among you, and you can help them whenever you want, but you will not always have me. She has done what she has done uh, so she could anoint me for my burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Years ago, I went on this, this hunting trip, and uh, the concept of hunting was absolutely foreign to me. But I was excited. And, and just, just kind of a disclaimer in the making of this story, no animals were harmed. Uh, so just, it's, it's okay. Uh, typically when I go out, and the, no animals are ever harmed. I have a horrible shot. It's, it's absolutely embarrassing. Anyways, I'm on this trip and uh, it, was, it was my first time really, really experiencing this. And, and it was a two-week trip and every single day looked exactly the same. We had the same routine down. You would wake up in the morning, you'd go out on a hunt, You'd come back, you'd take an afternoon nap, and then you'd go back out for an evening hunt. You'd wake up in the morning, you'd go out on a morning hunt, you'd come back for a nap, and you'd go back out again. This took place every single day, and about day four, day five, I got really used to the routine, and I was always looking forward to it, specifically the nap portion of the routine. I love taking naps. Naps are absolutely underrated. Um, I know you think you can live without them, but, but when you have a nap, I'm it changes everything about your life. And so on this one specific day, we, we were coming back to camp, had lunch, and I'm looking forward to my nap. 
Uh, and as I'm walking to my tent, uh, I notice it starts to rain. It's, it's raining, and, and I can hear the, the rain bouncing off my tent. And I'm like extra excited because taking a nap is great, but taking a nap while it's raining is even greater. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to go to the tent. I'm smiling. I'm already thinking about my pillow before I even take my boots off. And as I'm, I'm getting ready to, to get into the tent, I look around the camp, and all the guys at camp are putting their boots back on. I'm absolutely, I'm, I'm dumbfounded. What are you guys doing? I, I look at, at one of them, and they're, they're smiling with this giddy smile. Hey, it's raining. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, what, you're 30 years old. You're going to go jump in a mud puddle? What are you, it's raining. Let's, no, it's, it's Andrew, it's, it's raining. I'm like, even more of a reason for us to go into the tent and take a nap. And you see, there was something that they knew that I didn't know. There was a reason they were responding the way that they that they were, and I learned something. They said this, Andrew, when it rains, your chances of finding what you're looking for go like from here to here. Andrew, when the climate changes to rain, all of a sudden you have an advantage that you did not have all week long. You see, in this story, these disciples are looking, or the people sitting with Jesus at the table are looking at this woman like she is crazy. What are you doing? They're looking at her and they're scolding her. And Jesus is like, yo, chill. She recognizes something that you guys do not recognize. You see, in that moment, the climate had changed in that moment. Jesus makes it very clear that this woman is acting the way she is acting because she's preparing me for my burial. In other words, you are living in a significant moment right now, and y'all don't see it, but this lady sees it. She understood in that moment that she was living in, she had an advantage. Paying attention to the climate is everything. A lot of times in life when the climate looks bad, you think that's the time for you to run to your tent and take a nap. But what if I told you the darker the climate looked here in our world, that was actually the time where you had more of an advantage than you have ever had in your life. I think about all the stories in the Bible where Jesus would act out, like where Jesus would do some of his greatest miracles. And he did it in the moments when the climates looked bad. All I'm here to say is this, this woman recognized the moment she was living in, and I pray that you and I could recognize the moment that we're living in too. Uh, because she recognized it, it caused her to respond a certain way. It caused her to respond a certain way. She was putting her boots on in the rain when everybody else was ready to go to the tent. Um, I know when I think about this year, if I asked everybody, including those at home, to, hey, let's grade how good this year was, just in general, not, not just for you and Europe, but just in general. And, and one was, was bad, two was fair, and three was good. We, most of us would probably say, this has this, this been a bad year. Like, I, I don't know that I've ever heard people more excited about 2021 in the summertime than ever else in any other year. I mean, it's just like, look at this guy's excited. These uh, people are ready for 2020. The climate's been crazy, I know. But there's something you have to know about your God. God specializes in moments like this. The other day, the other day, I was at home watching football with my kids. I'm training them in the way that they should go. We're watching the Vikings, and the Vikings are playing a really, really good team by the name of the Seattle Seahawks. If you don't know anything about football, the Seahawks have a really incredible quarterback. His name is Russell Wilson. 
And, um, and, and so I'm just, you know, I'm giving, I, I got I to I help the people that don't watch football. That's why I'm giving the details. So we're watching this game, and, and the Vikings are doing impressively well. I'm shocked. I'm absolutely shocked. We're winning. We're winning. My daughters are happy. Like, Daddy, this is the first Sunday you're going to have a smile on your face. They're so happy for me. And, and, and the game is going all the way to the end. We're up by five points. The Seahawks have the ball with only like a minute left. They have no timeouts, and they have to go the entire length of the field to score a touchdown. My daughters were so excited, but Daddy was not excited. And I'll tell you why I wasn't excited. Because I knew something about their quarterback that they did not know. That Russell Wilson actually plays better when the pressure is on. Russell Wilson actually performs at a level that he does not perform at any other time of the game like he does when he's in a disadvantage. And it only took about 60 seconds for my daughter to witness why I was not smiling while that man took his team and scored a touchdown and we lost by one point. I say all that to say this, that God specializes when it looks like we're at a disadvantage. I want you today to not dismiss 2020 and start expecting greater things to happen in 2021 because God can still change the narrative of the story. This woman recognized the moment she was living in. God can change the narrative so quickly in your life, I'm telling you. I know this year has already marked so many different things for you in your mind, but what if the narrative can change? What if the narrative can change? That's the kind of God that we serve. He can change the narrative so quickly. I believe that there'll be some of you 10 years down the road and your kids are going to come up to you and say, hey, you, you remember that one year? You remember 2020? It's, it's an easy year to remember. You, you remember 2020? And you're like, yeah, that was the year everything was just shut down. That was the year where I lost my job. Yeah, that was the year where this happened. That was, but there's going to be some other people. There's going to be some other people that chose to put their boots on in the month of November rather than getting into their tent. And they're going to have a different, they're going to have a different story. Because, again, the narrative can change really, really quickly. The other narrative is going to be this. Your kids are going to go, Mom, Mom, you remember 2020? You remember, you remember the 2020? You remember 20? Yeah, I remember 2020. That was the year that your dad got saved. I remember 2020. That was the year that my healing showed up. I remember 2020 was the year I started that business that is now providing for my grandchildren. 2020 can still have a different narrative if you can recognize that the climate has shifted into your advantage. I believe when my pastor got up here and said that greater things are going to take, if I haven't seen it in month number nine, that just means that month number 10, 11, 12 might be the month that it takes place in. God can change the narrative so quickly. I'm telling you. I love talking about sports. I don't know why. But, but I, I was with my friends, and it kind of just reminds me even in this moment. I was with my friends about, about a few months ago. And, uh, you know, when you're with your, your high school buddy, you start reminiscing on the good old days. But when you were in those days, they weren't good old days. But we're talking about the good old days, and we're talking about our championship game. Our championship game, it was, it was the, the, the greatest moment of our high school life. And, 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 and in that, we're talking about how great it was. We're talking about how we won. We're talking about the slam dunks. We're talking about the three-pointers. You know, in that game, we played three miserable quarters. In the third quarter, we were down by 17 points. But we had one good quarter. And that one good quarter changed the entire narrative of the entire game. I just need someone to believe, man, that the narrative can still change.
narrative can still change. I, I think about these disciples, and I'm like, yo, how did these guys not recognize the moment? Like, this woman comes into the room. She breaks this jar over the head of Jesus, like, and, and they, they get upset at her. How did they not, how were they blinded to this moment? How in the world did they think it was better to go into their tent and take a nap rather than put on their boots and respond to one of the greatest moments of their life? How, how in the world were they blinded to this? And, and, and I wish I could say that, that they just didn't know. They didn't know that Jesus was going to go to the cross. They, didn't, they just weren't aware. But, but there's, there's a passage of Scripture that gives me this, this idea that maybe they, they, they did know, yet they were still blinded. And there's a numerous amount of uh, accounts uh, as it pertains to this story. But I want to read a passage out of the book of John, John chapter 12, uh, verse 1 through 8. And if this is correct, the story in Mark, it's two days before the Passover. In John chapter 12, it says it's, it's it, you can throw it up there, six days before the Passover celebration. If this is correct, and they're in a different house, six days before the Passover, that means that this story would have taken place four days before the incident with the crazy lady that breaks the box over Jesus' head. Four days earlier. Six days before the Passover celebration, began, Jesus arrived in Bethany to the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. Jesus is chilling with all the people he did miracles in, all right, right, right up to the last part of his life. He, and this was the man he raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those uh, who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence, the essence of the, the, the same stuff from the other girl with the nard. I don't know what nard smells like. It doesn't look like it would smell good, but apparently it's like it was a thing back then. So she, she, she takes this perfume and she anoints Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said the perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Jesus replied. This is, this is Jesus' reply to these guys getting mad at this lady washing his feet with this expensive perfume. Leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. If this is a different occasion, this, this is absolutely crazy that the disciples would forget the moment in a matter of four days. There's something I know about smells. When I smell something today, it can take me back to when I was five years old. In the home of Lazarus, this smell filled the house. So if I'm one of the disciples in the home of Simon four days later and I smell that, my senses should have said, yo, I've seen this before. We're living in a moment right now. Lady, keep pouring it on Jesus. We are living in a moment. They were, but they did not respond that way. How were they so blind to the moment? You know, I've learned in my life what blinds me from the greatest moments that I should be, the, the greatest moments that I should be responding in. One of the things that blinds me is this, is this thing called complacency. Complacency. And, and if I'm honest, this year has, has had the power to make me more complacent than I have ever been in my life. 
And my biggest concern is that we would be complacent in our finest hour. I've seen people make really dumb decisions and God still use them in their finest hour. I've seen people who were not adequate for the position and God still use them in their finest hour, but I've never seen complacent people reach the mark they were supposed to reach. And, and I'm just really here. This, this is why I'm talking today because I believe that the climate has shifted to your advantage. And I'm just praying that you would not be complacent in the time you should be lacing up your boots, responding like you used to respond back then. Because there was a day where these disciples did not question what they would give to Jesus. There was a day where they said, Jesus, I will lay it all down for you, but complacency crept in. Complacency, it's just, that's just not as important as, as you guys make it to be. Not going to churches, that's, that's cool, but not... It's, it's, it's just not necessary. Complacency. You begin to devalue the things that you used to uplift and value more than anything. Complacency. You know, you know one of the greatest indicators for me to gauge whether or not I'm complacent? Complacent people start getting really annoyed with passionate people. One of the ways I can tell, Andrew, are you complacent? Passionate people start to annoy me. Why, 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 why do you raise your hand? Why, why? Why do you do all that? That's not necessary. It's not necessary. I've even used terminology to people. That's just, you're just, you're just being religious. You're, you're just being too much. It's just, it's not. I've been complacent, and I have been passionate, and life is better when I'm passionate. When I'm complacent, my marriage is not what it should be. When I'm complacent, my kids don't get the dad they should get. When I'm complacent, I start thinking thoughts I never thought when I was passionate. Complacency might be the thing that blinds you in your finest hour. And I'm just here praying that the church would wake up. When everybody wants to take a nap and say, hey, wake me up in 2021, I just pray that there's somebody that says, I'm going to wake up today. I'm not waiting for my New Year's resolutions to get busy. I am lacing my boots up today. I don't have another moment. This might be the moment that changes everything. Can I tell you something? This moment in this woman redefined her. Jesus said after today, what she did in this moment, how she responded will never be forgotten. Wherever the gospel is preached, they will make reference of this story. Can I tell you something? Some of you have been so defined your entire life, but responding in the right moment can redefine you. There could be a new narrative to the story of your life if you would just respond in the moment when most want to take a nap. Would we wake up? This could be the moment you've been waiting for. This could be the moment you've been praying for, but 2020 has had a way of putting us to sleep. I really believe that it's in the moment of darkness where God can shine bright through you. I believe God wants to use your family to be a light to the rest of the families in your home. I believe God wants to use your business to be a light to the rest of the businessmen around. But you gotta, you gotta wake up. You gotta wake up. Andrew, because I'm preaching to myself, it is so easy to get complacent. 
And I've seen when I'm complacent, I somehow attract other complacent people. And now we've all gotten complacent and we think it's okay. But, but we got to wake up, man. Because this is the moment that could mark us. This is the moment that could mark us forever. When I'm complacent, I have one of two options. Continue to say, hey, passion is just not necessary for the things of God. I'll keep it to a, a weekend thing. For some of you at home, no offense, but some of you at home are running around at parties, running around Costco with no mask, and you don't even show up to church. I'm just saying it. It's not a church problem. Y'all don't have to come to church, but really the root of your problem is complacency because you don't have a problem going anywhere else. I, 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 it's, it's complacency. I'm not speaking to the, I'm speaking to the root. It's complacency. I'm preaching to myself. I don't want to miss my moment. I get one shot at life. I don't want to miss what could have been the moment that changed it all. When I'm complacent, these are some things that I've had to do, and I want to reference one today in Revelation chapter 2, verse 4 through 5. It says this, but I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. Yesterday, I was, I was here at the church. I drove to my dad's house, got in his truck. We came to the church. We were just working on some stuff and um, went somewhere else, went somewhere else, went somewhere, went all over the place. Finally go back to his house. I'm getting ready to get into my car. When I get into my car, I realize my car door is not open and I, I don't have my keys. And I'm, I'm kind of panicking because I only have one car key. And my wife is going to get really mad when she finds out I lost our only car key. And so I'm looking for my key everywhere. I retrace all of my steps. I go back to all the play. I can't find this key anywhere. So I'm, I'm getting ready to break the news to my wife like I lost it. She says, Andrew, just, 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 just think, about, think about the places you, you were at before you lost it. What, what were you wearing? And I was like, oh, I was wearing this. I was wearing this, this, this jacket. And now that I think about it, I'm not wearing the jacket. So I got to find the jacket. Okay, Andrew, retrace your steps. Okay, I got up in the morning. I put on the jacket because my shirt was a little too tight. I was feeling a little chubby. And I put on the jacket because I was feeling insecure. So the jacket was definitely on as I got into the car. Now you're going to go to the gym. And, you know, the hardest part about going to the gym is actually getting out, your, getting out of your car and actually going into the gym. And, and I, I had to break the news. So, baby, I, I was at the gym, and I was going to go. You know, I told you I was going to go work out, but I had to work on this message, so I actually never got out. So I, I, I had to break the I never got out of the car, so I knew I was still wearing my jacket. And then from there, I drove to my dad's house, and I was still wearing my jacket. Then I came to church, I was still wearing my jacket. And, and then we started building these things, and I think I took my jacket off, like, over there. And, Okay, well, just retrace your steps. So I retraced my steps all the way back to the place where I remembered that I lost it. You know, some of us in this place did not get complacent overnight. We didn't just wake up one day and all of a sudden lose passion. There was some place you had passion, and there was some place you just, there was some place you thought, you know what, I just, just I've been wearing it, but you know, I'm going to put it down right now because it's just, and, and some of you just have to retrace your steps to where you left it. Because there were things that you used to do that they used to be a value to you. And, and when you left those place, complacency crept in. If you want to find your passion back, you're going to have to retrace your step to where you lost it. 
You're going to have to start getting back up in the morning and seeing value in reading your chapter a day. You're going to have to start waking your kids up in the morning saying, hey, we're not, we're not going to stay home today. We're going to go to church. We're going to have to go back to what we used to do. No, that's religion. No, it's passion. And it, it, it'll keep you from falling into complacency. I'm telling you, this could be the moment you've been praying for. And all I'm saying is, would we wake up and lace up our boots and not go to the tent? Let's pray. God, today, I just thank you for your word. And uh, God, I thank you for every person that's here. And God, my prayer is, is that you would just maybe bring some clarity, some help, some answers. Answers that would lead us back to that place of passion. Answers that would lead us to the boldness that we used to have, to the verbiage that we used to speak. Give us the courage that we once had. God, I just pray right now for every person here. I pray that they would experience your goodness today. God, I pray that you would redefine stories, that you would change the narrative to people who were possibly thinking about suicide, God, but you would give them a hope that would change the entire narrative to their story. God, I pray for marriages right now that are on the verge of divorce, that see zero light at the end of the tunnel. God, I pray that you would just change the narrative to those stories. Do what only you can do. I'm going to have you stand up right where you're at, and, um, and I'm just going to ask Tavo to sing this really, really quick. Afterwards, we're going to give people a chance to give, make a decision for, for Jesus. But I just think that maybe God can give you some clarity even in this moment. Clarity on some steps that we need to take. There's a song that we sang earlier that, and we all love singing it, the, the Waymaker song. You know, that's like even, like we, we sing that song all the time, the Waymaker song. They love Waymaker. I love that person clapping. And, and the thing about this Waymaker song, there's this line that says, like, you're, you, you, I'm not going to sing it because I can't sing, but something along the lines of, like, you, you're the light in, in, in the darkness. Um, if he's the light in the darkness, why do we run when it gets dark? That's the time he's going to shine the most. And I'm just going to ask them to sing, sing that today. And maybe as they're singing, maybe God would just give you some answers. Maybe there's just, like, one or two adjustments that you can make today in your life that'll lead you back to that place of passion. I'm going to have him just sing this really quick, and as he does, just, just open your heart to God. And, and, I, and when we're done, don't know, I don't want anybody moving around because there's people in this place that have never had a chance to even give their life to God, and they're going to start a journey that will forever change their life. Let's sing that, Tom.
the light in the darkness, the light in the darkness, I will not fear, for you are with me, oh, you're my light in the darkness, you're the light in the darkness, I will not fear, for you You're the light in the darkness. You're the light in the darkness. Oh, I will not fear. For you are with me. You're the light in the darkness. You are, you are. You're the light in the darkness. You are, you are. You're the light in the darkness. You're the light in the darkness. time, I'm going to ask you to just close your eyes, bow your head one more time. If you're in this place today and you do not have a relationship with God, today is your day to make that decision. I know when I was sitting in your seat and someone gave this invitation, my first thought is why in the world would a perfect God want anything to do with someone as imperfect as me? But that's the beauty of Jesus. Jesus knew that you couldn't earn it. Jesus knew that on your best day, you weren't good enough. So Jesus, in his perfection, laid his life down, went to a cross, not just to be some picture in your grandma's house, but to be the savior of your life. And the reason why you can have that relationship with God is not because you're really good today in what you didn't do yesterday. It's because of what Jesus did on that cross 2,000 years ago. He died on the cross. He rose back to life, and he stripped the power of any mistake to ever keep you from the love that God has for you today. And all you have to do is accept it. Just got to accept the Bible says all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What does that mean? That's just you relinquishing control, saying, God, today I receive of what your son Jesus did. We're going to pray a prayer, and in support of those praying that, I'm going to ask the rest of the family just to pray this with them. Say this, Jesus, today I say thank you. Today I call you my Lord, and I make you my Savior. I thank you that my life will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's celebrate with love. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with a message of Jesus.